Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, July 12, 2022. I'm one of your host, Blessing. Addy Oye Jr. Joining me is the force that is Gary Witta. Good morning, Blessing. How are you, sir? Gary, I'm doing very good this morning. We were just talking about breakfast foods, and you asked me what my favorite breakfast was, but I didn't get to ask you that. What is your favorite go-to breakfast? I mean, I'm English, so for me, it would be your what we call the classic full English breakfast, which is similar to what you think is like an American breakfast, you know, bacon, sausage, eggs, that kind of stuff. But like, act like, but proper sausage and proper bacon, not not the not the little wizard things like? that you get here that you call sausage and bacon, but like big giant it's sausages and, and thick, rich bacon. I say, when you say proper bacon, are, are you just do you just mean ham? Is it just ham? No, like no, like what what kind of European bacon looks like, which is like bacon that looks like it hasn't been put through some kind of dehydrating shrinking machine, like oh, just like actual stuff, bacon. Bro. And, you know, and then, you know, maybe some toast, fried mushrooms, baked beans. Never been a big fried tomato fan. Uh, but, you know, can I get some potatoes on there, maybe some hash browns. But but, but basically kind of sausage, bacon, and, and egg are kind of the, Is the, the bacon three crispy? cornerstones. What's that? I've never, I've never had, like, European bacon. Is it crispy when it's finished? Or is it, it can, I mean, it depends. If you, you, if you want to cook it crispy, you can. But it's, okay. not, it's not crispy, like, default, like American bacon is i've tried when i first came out to america and i tried american bacon and it just i like bit off a piece and it just kind of like snapped off i'm like what the hell is this like bacon's supposed to be chewy supposed to have a little bit of texture to it. i mean it depends on how you like your bacon some people do like See, it burnt to a crisp i, I do not like, my style i like it crispy on the outside a bit more floppy toward the inside mm -hmm. like, i feel like that is like the perfect bacon i need a little bit of both i need it to melt in my mouth would it, would this be wrong the the one that i've clicked there those what that's, what did you did you put up a yeah. picture of something? Oh yes, I'm sharing it in the shared screen. Oh yeah, this looks yeah like, kinda yeah. Wait, you're saying this is your bacon? Well, I mean, like this this image that I'm looking at is not is not great. Oh, like man. like what what did you what did you Google? Try googling English bacon. I I googled European. Oh, so I, I mean Google Google full English breakfast. I do need. Yeah, I need to see pictures. Of and this, will, and, and I'll, and I'll point you towards now, one. Now, Gary, I've always wanted to ask you this, and I might have because I have a tendency. Okay, to like, like okay, that first one there. That okay. So that's not okay. That's that's not bad. Now you've this got some black. Good. You've got oh, some black see. pudding there. Black you've got baked so beans. You've got some good thick bacon, substantial bacon. You've got fried tomatoes. You've got some fried mushrooms. The only thing missing, you've got toast. What's that on the bottom? I, I would do fried bread. What's that? It, what was that on the bottom left? Bless, it's very bottom good. Left, that's it's, black pudding. It's, yeah, it's very good. It's better not to know much about it. Okay. I'm going to trust yeah. you guys. <laughs> I'm going to trust it's, you guys. <laughs> yeah, you would call I think Americans call that blood sausage. Mm -hmm. They Ooh. do. Now, you see what I mean? Bless, it's very good. Let me tell you. But it is it's essentially congealed is it what it blood sounds like, that's been is deep it like, fried. Is it bloody sausage? I don't know if I can do No, it's, it's, literally, it's literally congealed blood. Yeah, I mean, I say it's into, it's, into like a sausage shape and then you fry it in a pan. Here's the thing, right? I really like Filipino food. Yeah, they have a lot uh, in, in Oh, New yeah, City. I, like that. I love and, to go to Jollibee whenever I can. God, I, we, we got to talk about Jollibee. But before we do, right, like there is a dish um, at one of the local spots I go to. I think it's called, oh, man, the Filipinos are going to hate me. I think it's called like Dingwan, something along those lines. It's very bloody is, is, is what I'll say. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's, like, it's black. It's, Yes, right? it's like yeah. black, yeah, black, very like liquidy. It's a different kind of texture, but I I dig it. But like I can't think about it. <laughs> I can't think about the fact that it's like blood. Diniguan is what. So I I'll give you. I'll give you chat. my. I'll give you my two other favorite breakfasts, and they're both kind of like regional um, things. One is I really do like uh, huevos rancheros. 
A good plate of Hawaiian rancheros is very, very good for breakfast. And when I went to Hawaii on vacation, I went to Hawaii for the first time ever a few years ago, I discovered what is actually my favorite breakfast, which is um, they have a thing there called loco moco. You've ever had that? Oh, yeah. Love yes, a loco moco. Uh, loco moco is incredible. Oh, yeah. my God. That to me is the ultimate Hamburger breakfast. They're the living in the year 3000 in Hawaii. They're so far ahead of us. What, what uh, Gary, what would you say is your favorite cuisine? Like you had probably, a, a... probably Indian food. I love mm -hmm. Indian food. Mm. Yeah. That's such a, such a tough one for me. What, what, like, what would you say? I can name like five countries off the top of my head, and I don't even know which, which I would put at top. Because like Filipino food is up there. Nigerian food, of course, because I'm Nigerian, and like jollof rice is, is the best kind of rice you can ever get. Mm -hmm. um, I do like Hawaiian. I do like Hawaiian cuisine. <sighs> Hawaiian. I had Hawaiian barbecue for lunch yesterday. It is good. It's really good. I love their unapologetic embrace of spam. Like they just like they it's just, so, it's all yeah. about spam. It's everywhere. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Japanese is probably out there. Japanese food is very good. Yeah, I mean the whole the whole content of Asia just has fantastic food, and you so you know what? Had... If I if I can just include that all is like a is like a bulk answer. Have you guys had traditional Japanese breakfast? What does that entail? Uh, I mean, what I got was like, isn't it like a bento bowl? kind of thing when you kind get Japanese of, breakfast? But it, it's it's got like often I'll have like fish, uh, some pickled vegetables that that I didn't recognize. A little bit of rice. It's kind of like a mixed bag of stuff. Once the pandemic is fully over and our youngest is is old enough to to travel with, I really want to go to A. I've never been anywhere in Asia, and I really want to mm. go. I'm thinking like somewhere Same. like Singapore because I watch these kind of food videos on YouTube, and I watch like these kind of like night market, you know, these street markets that they have where it's like every kind of food imaginable. It just it just looks so good. I want to go to I want to go to these like night markets and just devour everything from all the different food the food carts well, gary if you remember like at the start of the pandemic right before the pandemic really hit we were planning to go to i believe japan for super nintendo world like, i know we're, well we're i mean in the beginning stages of making that plan that's that's right and of course now they're actually you know they are finally building the american version of super nintendo world. i think that kind of funny trip i mean that's it's inevitable right it's only a matter of time sure oh yeah I mean, it's content, right? Like, I feel like we have oh, to review pays for itself. Super Nintendo World. The kind of funny gang goes to Super Nintendo World. That'll be your biggest video ever. Oh, my God. 100%. Gary, enough about Super Nintendo World. Enough about all the cuisine that we're into, even though I can talk to you about this all day. Let's talk about some uh, news stories. Mm. Today's stories include a new Kirby game just got announced. Speaking of cuisine, Last of Us 1 has gone gold, only took 10 years, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when you get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use that creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you shout out to prime gaming for sponsoring our streams to celebrate prime day you can start freeloading over 30 games with prime gaming for prime day 2022 and then you'll also be able to claim additional games on prime day uh, july 12th and july 13th uh, which will include AAA titles like mass effect legendary edition grid legends need for speed heat and star wars jedi knight jedi academy star wars jedi knight 2 jedi outcast and star wars republic commando so check out the link in the description 
description to start freeloading games now. And then come party with Greg, Joey, and Snowbike Mike and Xbox this Friday in LA. We're, we're taking over the Fonda Theater in Hollywood for the As Dusk Falls launch event, and you have to be there. You can RSVP now at kindoffunny.com slash Xbox. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Fargo Brady, Gordon McGuire, and Al Tribesman. Today we're brought to you by ExpressVPN, MeUndies, and Athletic Greens, but we'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one. You thought Kirby and the Forgotten Land was it. Well, guess what? You're wrong. Uh, Nintendo's announced a brand new Kirby game. This comes from Emma Roth at The Verge. Kirby's getting yet another Switch game. This time, it's a four-player competition to see who can gobble up the most strawberries. The trailer for Kirby's Dream Buffet has Kirby and friends rolling across food-themed obstacle courses while shape-shifting into desserts like a cupcake or chocolate bar that grant him different powers. Kirby's Dream Buffet looks kind of like a Super, Meep, Super, Super Monkey Ball. Uh, only, only Dream Buffet swaps bananas for strawberries and a plastic ball for, well, Kirby. As the four players consume more strawberries, they grow bigger to prepare for what Nintendo describes as a final fruity fight atop a floating platform. At the end of the trailer, Kirby and his three blue, uh, three blue, green, and yellow companions plop down on food scales to see who managed to eat the most. The largest Kirby crushes the scale and takes away the winning ribbon as Kirby's, as Kirby's other, other friends appear to watch in satisfaction at what Kirby has accomplished. Nintendo says the game's arriving on the Switch this summer, but hasn't specified a date or pricing. The game will let you play with up to four friends locally or online. Gary, were you able to check out the trailer for this one this morning? Yeah, I saw it this morning and I, I instantly became super excited about it. I think it looks like a lot of fun. The, the vibe that I got from it because, you know, in our house, we're always looking like we love Mario Party and stuff like that. We're always looking for things that you can play, like three, four players that we can play as a family. And I think this will be perfect. We love Kirby. It's all food themed. You know, all the levels look really um, delicious. The food the food themed um, maps in like Mario Party and Mario Kart are always my favorite ones. They always make me hungry when oh, yeah. I play those play those levels. You play the, the, the cake map in the last uh, Super, uh, Mario Party? Right, right, right. Yeah, like Peach's birthday cake. and. Yeah. I don't know. The vibe I'm getting from this almost kind of feels like a little bit like Mario Party, almost weirdly like a little bit Fall Guys, but like just for yeah. four players, like different obstacle courses and mini games and stuff. I don't know. It looks it, like it, to me, it looks like it could be a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Fall Guys. That was my first immediate thought when I watched the trailer. You, when you get later on, on in, in the trailer when they start showing gameplay, mm -hmm. uh, you have like a floating obstacle course that looks a lot like a Fall Guys. Absolutely, like, yeah. Yeah, and like our style wise, I think it fits Kirby well. And God, can we just talk about how cute Kirby is? Just as a character, and, I think. Yeah, Kirby and this is like a, almost like a little shrunk down baby here. Kirby, right? Because it looks like he gets hit almost by like a like a shrink ray or something, right? He's like yeah. staring at this birthday cake or this giant cake and going, ooh. And then he gets hit and shrunk down and turned into like a little baby version. Kevin, are you able to rewind back to like it's somewhere in the first third of the trailer where Kirby is making the cutest facial expression I've ever seen? Oh, yeah. Right, right, here. right here, right here. Uh, like a few seconds forward, a few seconds forward. Right, right there. there, right there. Look at that. God damn! Look at this guy. That's Kurt, that's look pure at this guy. Porn. Like how in, in the in the year of twenty twenty two, how can somebody not love Kirby? Like look look at this. You gotta you gotta rep the set right here, Gary. Oh, All look right? at you. Right now, <laughs> our my apartment is filled with uh, uh, Kirby balloons because like I love Kirby, obviously. Um, but who loves Kirby even more than I do is Michael Hyam. Michael Hyam is fucking obsessed with Kirby nowadays. It's his birthday this week. And for his birthday, uh, his his girlfriend hit me up and was like, yo, 
I want to deck out the apartment in curly in Kirby decorations. And so like I blew up a bunch of Kirby balloons that, that wow. she sent over. I put up like some cur- some um like Kirby uh stickers all over the place. I have like a Kirby uh like a, basically like a happy birthday ribbon set up in the kitchen. And let me tell you, man, Kirby aesthetically is fucking immaculate. Fucking love Kirby. Kirby has always been great, I think, aesthetically, and always done interesting. Like, you know, go back to like Epic Yarn, and you know, there's always been a, a, re- a really cool vibe. The most recent game, you remember, you all laughed at me. I remind you, blessing, when I picked Kirby in the Forgotten Land in my, in the draft. You all laughed at me. Who's You're laughing right. now? You're 100 right, and that's what I'm saying. 2022 is the year of Kirby because I would never have imagined a Kirby release being up there for game of the year status in terms of the i think i think you know look elden ring's gonna clean up or and, and rag and, and maybe ragnarok as well but elden ring right now i think is nailed on for game of the year um but i think that i i really hope that especially since it came out earlier in the year um i really hope that that kirby doesn't get forgotten in the conversation because kirby and forgotten land like everyone who plays it remember like andy cortez right kind of slept on it and then played it, it was like, oh my god what is this game like he was like blown away by it so I think anyone who's played it knows it's it's something special. Kirby games, I think, often get slept on because Kirby's not considered like a tier one, you know, Nintendo character like Mario and, and the Zelda games. But uh, it's, it's Forgotten Land's incredible. And I, I really do like the look of this as well. I mean, it'd be interesting to see what they do. All it says is download on Nintendo eShop, which makes me think maybe there's no physical version. What if it's free? I mean, there's there, there's some there, there's some things that still need to be resolved here i don't think it's going to be a thing that's only available through like your switch online membership or anything but speaking of that i will be interested to see if there's like if it is it couch play only is there going to be some kind of online i mean they could do like battle royale fall guys type stuff with it there's a lot we don't know right now yeah the vibe i get from it is i assume it's going to be an eShop only game i assume it's going to be what maybe twenty dollars to play and they gotta have online in there for for this kind of game like if they don't have online i think that'll be a huge miss i i would think that the the great way to do this would be to put it up for free if you have Nintendo Switch Online the membership. I mean, they've done that before, right, with Tetris ninety nine and and all kinds of other games. But it's it remains to be seen. What was interesting to me was it said you know summer it said summer right it's summer now which means it's it can't be far away. They almost kind of shadow dropped this right. It kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, and they've done they've done this before with like the weird Kirby offshoot games. Like I remember those like a Kirby fighting game. I think it might have been called Kirby Fighters or something along those lines where. They just announced it out of nowhere, and they were basically like, and it's out now, or it's out this fall. I can't remember what they said, but it was it was, it was a very imminent release. It seems like for them, Kirby is very much a test bed for, hey, we got a cute little idea that we want to see through. Let's put this thing out, see how it hits, and then maybe if it hits, they either spin it into a bigger thing or use the idea for another game, or you know, maybe they just leave it and they go, hey, this is just us getting our creativity out. I like the fact that they're able to do that with IPs like Kirby and even like with um with other with other things they do in different ranges with pokemon you had like pokken and other weird you have a lot of weird iterations right. of pokemon right and i know a lot of that is pokemon company but then even with mario you have so many different iterations when you're talking about mario kart mario party mario maker right like you have a lot that you do with that kirby it seems like they kind of want to get that going but they do with, do it on a lot uh, smaller scale because kirby is like you mentioned not on the same level as a mario or a a zelda so you have to um kind of approach it with all right what makes sense for how we treat the ip of kirby but again talking about kirby in 2022 you know kirby we don't see as an animal crossing we don't see as a mario etc cetera, etc cetera. do you think we'll get there at some point do you think there's a chance that kirby could ascend and be talked about as a top tier nintendo franchise i mean I, I i mean i think you know this year 
right? As I think you've got to say this is probably the best year that Kirby's had in a long time, right? Between Forgotten Land and potentially this, if this is a banger as well. Two great Kirby games in in one year, and, and one one of them at least we know is a legitimate game of the year, at least shortlisted, right? At least any 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 shortlist for game of the year that is like worth its salt at all this year should have Kirby on it, because um, it, it it really it really is that good. Um, and I and I and I just keep thinking it's interesting. People have said to me before, like they feel like Fall Guys is a game that Nintendo would have made, right? Because it's very cute, yeah, and it's a lot of and it's just purely fun, right? And it's it's suitable for all ages. And Fall Guys right now is bigger than it's ever been, right? Since it went free to play, I think they said like 50 million players. Like it's huge. It's bigger than it's ever been. And obviously this isn't a reaction to that because it's it's way, way way too soon for that. But I just wonder if Nintendo hasn't been thinking if there is like space for a Fall Guys type game in their lineup. And if Nintendo were to have made Fall Guys, right? Imagine, imagine that we're in an alternate timeline where Fall Guys was a Nintendo game, but it was applied to an existing Nintendo franchise. Feels like Kirby is probably the one that would have been the best fit. And, and what we're seeing here with this game kind of feels like that's that's halfway towards this right it feels very full guys that's game. we won't know until we get a better look at the gameplay but i, I saw things that look like races i thought was, like, i saw things that look more like obstacle courses like different types of rounds there's a lot of kind of four guys boxes that are getting checked here and if it were to be free I mean, i'm not necessarily saying it would be but if it were to be free to play and if it is it's only going to be through nintendo switch online it's not going to be completely free you'll you'll be paying for it one way or another through your switch membership or you know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a cheap download or whatever, and there is some kind of online component. I don't know. I feel like it could potentially be really big. Yeah, I mean, what you what you just described sounds like a hit, honestly. And it, right. uh, you know, I look at Nintendo, and I'm sure somebody at Nintendo might be considering that. Might be considering, hey, what if we were to enter into the battle royale space in a little bit, a little bit of a bit bigger way? Because they they've dipped into it with things like Tetris 99, and Mario, Mario 35, 35 games, yeah, right? and the Pac Man one as Pac -Man well. Pac Man 99, yeah. I mean, they love the battle royale space right now. And um, I mean, the one the one thing that I, the one thing that I think Nintendo never really does is like overtly copy other people's hits. Like, oh, here comes Nintendo with their latest, like they're, they're oh they're copying Fall Guys now or whatever hit. Like they mm -hmm. usually make the hits and other people follow. But you know that space. You know that that battle royale space that isn't predicated on, um, you know, just running around shooting people in an ever closing ring. That's one of the things that's most amazed me about. And I was I was totally wrong on this when like PUBG and Fortnite and battle royale started like popping off. I remember thinking like, how? Like this, it's a great concept and it's revolutionized the way we think about shooters. But like, is this something that's really going to stick around? It never occurred to me that the battle royale just basically that that, that simple kind of like 60 to 100 players and you and you and, 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 and within one game you eliminate it down to one champion that's basically the battle royale format would mm -hmm. be so flexible right it, it works brilliantly for tetris it works brilliantly for pac-man it works brilliantly for mario you know with a little bit of thought it seems like you can apply that single elimination um format to almost any kind of gameplay and i, I just i just feel like I, I don't know we're probably getting ahead of ourselves here there's nothing really in that in that reveal to suggest that there is any battle royale that there is any major online it just could just be like a fun little four-player party game but, that's but even be. even on that basis it would be a lot of fun yeah like this game looks fun i can't wait to to try it out and as i watch the trailer it's not something that i think i'm going to play long term i don't know if this is going to have the sticking power that something like kirby and the forgotten land did i think this is going to be a oh let's hop into it see if it's cool oh, okay seems fun and i you know on to the next thing i think that if you're in a it depends what kind of household you're in if you're in a household where there's a bunch of people let's say you live with a bunch of roommates uh or you've got your family you know, and, and you've got people in your house that can all sit around on a couch and like fill a four for a four player lobby. That that's where the richness of these games works best. Mm -hmm. I think you, you know, like Mario Party, 
Mario Kart. Those games are fun online. They're, they're, they're perfectly fun to play by yourself, but they're most fun when you've got four people on a couch kind of jostling each other with controllers, bitching at each other, complaining about the inherent unfairness of Mario ga- you know, Mario Party games. That's where it's most fun. Yeah. I, 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 I can see when this game comes out, Again, some pre some premium kind of funny content playing this. Game. Oh, one hundred percent. I we're for I think for sure you'll see at least a kind of funny stream where we're playing this game and probably having a blast. And if this game sticks, right? If it if it works well, I could see it being the first step into what you're talking about, Gary. Where hey, like this could work well as a battle royale. This could work well if we make it bigger and we actually mm-hmm. try to do the the Fall Guys thing. And of course, it's Nintendo, so they won't do the Fall Guys thing, right? They'll no, they, they would make, make it their, their own. own, yeah. Yeah, and that's like, I mean, it's part of what we love and also can't stand about Nintendo is the fact that they never do the obvious thing, right? They never go the obvious route. They always have to find a way to find a twist or find some way to They always our find a way, yeah. And a lot, of, a lot of that time that leads to to um, uh, strokes of genius, and a lot of the time is it leads to it leads to weird Nintendo decisions where we're like, oh, why would you do this? Like the answer is right there. Why would you go the 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 left direction? Um, and that's just Nintendo. But I'm very excited to see how this lands. No, I was I was glad stick. to see it. Just in terms of the bigger picture, I was in a Discord chat with some friends yesterday, and we were talking about how like somebody said, there's nothing really coming out between now and the end of the year that I'm super excited about. And I'm thinking, like, what am I excited about? And there isn't really that much. Like, I, I wonder if this is going to be kind of a lean, that if the back half, you know, sometimes the, year, the gaming years always tend to be like feast or famine, right? There are, there are years when it's like, oh, my God, too many games. I think we had, like, the last few years have been like, oh, my God, there's too much stuff coming out in the fourth quarter. How am I going to keep up with all of these games? This this year doesn't feel, I don't know about you, blessing me, it doesn't feel that way to me. Yes, there's Ragnarok. I personally am not super excited about that only because I never finished the first one. I want to go back and finish the first one to see if I can get excited about uh, diving into Ragnarok. But the only thing that I can think of that I'm really genuinely excited to play is Stray, which I have like a weird affection for. I think Stray is going to be fantastic. But now this, as soon as I saw this as one, I was, oh, finally, something else to get excited about. Yeah, I mean, the rest of this year, I it, it's an interesting year. I For me, it's still exciting. Uh, and it's, funny enough, this was my the question I have in post-show for you, is what is Gary looking forward to for the rest of the year? So we can deep dive even more there. But as I look through, I have my super blessing, super fun game release calendar that I post on Twitter every now and then. Um, and I look through it. And for me, it is September and October where things really hit in terms of volume. But then, you know, November, we're going to get God of War Ragnarok and then Pokemon Scarlet. And then December, we're getting Callisto Protocol. And those seem to be the games for those months. But you go to September and it is Last is Part 1. It is Splatoon 3. Uh, Metal Hellsinger, I'm really looking forward to. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to this game, Valkyrie Elysium. I want to at the very least check that out. That's like a smaller GRPG coming out of Square Enix. Then I look into October and it is Overwatch 2 coming through uh, October first, uh, October 4th with the multiplayer there. Marvel's Midnight Suns, which I think looks pretty interesting. Plague Tale Requiem coming through in October as well. Scorn. High on Life, which I'm really looking forward to, is somebody who I like. I like Rick and Morty a lot, and I like Justin Roiland and, and mm-hmm. the games that he's made before. Uh, and then it is Gotham Knights, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, and then the Resident Evil DLC. And so now, bear in, but, now, there's bear in few mind, like, we... juggernauts, but it is like things that are speaking to different people in different ways. Now, I was going to say, bear in mind, you mentioned hardly any indie games there at all, but there's great indies coming up as well. I'm actually thinking oh, this yeah. year, in the, given that there is like, again, it's just me personally, right? I'm not super excited about the next Modern Warfare. Um, there's, there's, there are other games coming up that I think a lot of people will be really excited about. Like A ton of people obviously are excited about Ragnarok. It's just just because I never really finished the first one, I don't feel invested enough to really suit like, oh my god, day one. I, I mean, I might get there by November if I go back and finish the first game. But I kind of feel like for me personally, this year, it's going to be indies that get me through. Like If there's a lean period, it's going to be either going back into the backlog and playing a bunch of like bangers that I never got to and are still sitting there shaming me, or um, 
or indies because i feel like this is actually going to be a really good year for indies well i mean that's where i where i get into august i think august is, is a very exciting time for that and a bit of like late late this month too because you know uh you mentioned stray right stray is coming out on the 19th and that's gonna mm -hmm. be i think a strong indie august has cult of the lamb which yes. a lot of people are looking forward to and that game looks rad as hell uh as far as indies it also has roller drum which i'm really looking forward to i think that game looks really cool that's the arena shooter uh, skating game uh that's coming to playstation you have midnight fight express which also really looks really looks cool it's another mm -hmm. beat em up style game with a top-down kind of isometrics uh, point of view and then uh not indie but a little bit of lower key soul hackers 2 that's another one that looks dope as hell. Uh, JRPG coming out of Atlas, which has some Persona vibes. And Gary, I know you 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 like Persona a lot. Uh, Love Persona Five, yeah. Soul Hackers Two might be one for you to look out for because it has some of the some of that vibe and energy. Again, same developer has a, a art style evoking that a little bit. Uh, cool soundtrack. It it not as high budget and not as like doesn't have the production value of a Persona, but I think it might still scratch that same itch if you are looking for something along those lines. Um, and then also Saints Row, like Saints Row is coming out in August, and that's one that I'm I'm looking forward. I'm to. really in two minds about Saints Row. I want to I want to believe. I want to believe too, Gary. But I, I just I, I, I just kind of feel like so that because I love me some Saints Row. That very I was thinking about this yesterday because I I made this huge mistake. I've been very nostalgic about World of Warcraft lately for some reason. I used to be a hardcore World of Warcraft player back in the day, um, right up until I think Cataclysm was the last expansion that I, that was when I dropped out. But like from the original launch from beta all the way through Cataclysm, I was in a hardcore raiding guild. I played 10, 12 hours a day. I, I had a big problem with it. And to this day, it's still like some of my fondest memories are like raiding with my guild. And I have a lot of fond memories of, of World of Warcraft. But I've always promised myself I would never go back. And I don't know why, but I was looking, I was looking at some World of Warcraft content on YouTube the other day, and it made me really super nostalgic. I was like, you know, what? I haven't logged into Warcraft in probably 10 years. I wonder if my character is still there. And I logged in, and he's still there. I was like, oh, my God. Um, but like, even just reinstalling the game made me feel like this is you're going back down a rabbit hole that you really don't want to go down. So I immediately kind of uninstalled it again. And I, I, I've completely lost track of the point I was trying to make. I think you're talking about Saints Row being archaic. Yes, and so that was, and so <laughs> yes, thank you. So that was the similar. So Saints Row is another similar thing where, like, I feel like I loved Saints Row because because somebody said to me, like, dude, even if you go back to War Warcraft now, it's not the game you remember. Like, it's changed so much. Like, you won't recognize it. And I wonder if that's going to be the case. Like, I totally understand why. Like, the games that we loved back then, uh, you know, the original Saints Row, particularly three and four. It would be hard to make Saints Row 5 in exactly the same kind of tone and comedic style that they did 3 and 4 because, you know, we've moved on and I think a lot of things would be considered cringy and inappropriate now. We don't laugh at the same things that we laughed at even, you know, 10, 15 years ago. So, you know, Saints Row has to move with the times and I get that. But I just kind of feel like it can't possibly match the nostalgia and the memories and the fondness I have for Saints Row 3 and 4, which are among the most fun gameplay experiences oh, yeah. I've ever In particular, 3 and 4... And all the DLC, just so much fun, so much fun. And that first trailer they put out really did kind of feel like, I don't know, like Saints Row. But, it, you know, you know, like when like when your parents first showed up on Facebook and it's like, oh, it's over. Like, that's yeah. kind of what it feels like for Saints Row now. You feel like, know, they're, like trying to, they're trying to step into an era that they don't belong in. It feels a little bit, how do you do fellow kids? And I, I, again, mm -hmm. it's hard to say until we actually play it. I just, I don't think they can recapture the same magic. The question is, can it be something else on its own terms, which is equally good, but See, not, but again, I think many of us that are expecting to like recapture those classic Saints Row vibes that we remember, that's not going to happen.
that's why I'm excited to see how it lands. Uh, because you know they're rebooting it. It is not the same same characters, not the same right. story. They're There's no Johnny Gat. Yeah, no Johnny Gat. Which I know for a lot of people is like, but that is Saints Row. You know those characters. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm Saints saying. Row I think for a lot of people, they're not going to be able to connect with this new one. Yeah, but I I am excited to see if them rebooting it allows them to reinvent that tone and figure out how to be funny and how to be goofy, crazy Saints Row in 2022. And then also if they're able to recapture that gameplay because. I am looking forward to the gameplay experience even more, uh, more, more than the rest of it, more than anything, because we don't get as many open world, debauchery, chaotic, um, uh, open world city, uh, uh, third person action games anymore, right? right? Like the days of the GTA clones have kind of gone. We of course still have GTA Five because GTA Online is still trucking, but even you know the the last big GTA game release was in 2013, and mm -hmm. the next one isn't even announced. Right. And I look and when you look at the list of open world games, right, again, so few of them are that type of GTA, GTA clone open world. And if Saints Row is able to bring that back and make it a, hey, we're just here for the fun. Right. We know what you like in terms of the um, uh, what was it called? Something fraud. The uh, when you're like trying to cause as much chaos as possible on the streets. Right. Yeah, like yeah, the different yeah. modes. You know what I'm talking about. If you play Saints Row. We're, we're trying to bring that back. We're trying to bring 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 in like the crazy vehicles We're trying to bring in like cool systems driven gameplay where it is you in a car you like evacuate from your car or like you know you bounce out of your car into a parachute type deal and you're just exploring a city at your own pace oh my god you remember I, I, it's funny so many people remember like you talk about like what other gaming moments you remember right and people talk about like crossing into mexico for the first time in red dead redemption we've all got those like famous moments jumping out of that helicopter with Kanye oh playing in the background, the is, to me, is one of the all-time bangers. It and was if so they're able good. to get that, those moments, I think it, it, it could reclaim that the that banger status that it had. It is going to be difficult for it. And also, somebody in chat mentioned insurance fraud. That is what I was looking for. I would That's head, insurance I, fraud. Yeah, that was through, how much damage can you cause? Yeah. Yeah, like I fucking love that shit. And if they're able to bring that shit back for for this one, I think there could be something there. But I mean, listen, I'm, I'm going to be keeping a close eye on it, and I will play it day one because I want to believe. I just feel like the people. People, here's the weird thing. I feel like people that have the closest association and the most memory and the most nostalgia of Saints Row are going to be the hardest market for this game. I think people oh, come into it fresh and will just look at it on its own terms. If it's a good game on its own terms, I think people will really go for it. But even if it is a good game on its own terms, I think a lot of people that are looking to recapture that Saints Row vibe from back in the day, it's gonna that's going to be very, very hard. Well, Gary, speaking of games we're looking forward to this fall, story number two, The Last of Us Part 1 has gone gold. This comes directly from Naughty Dog on Twitter. They tweeted out this morning, uh, or yesterday, actually. Uh, thrilled to announce The Last of Us Part 1 has gone gold. Congratulations to the dogs and our partners at PlayStation who contributed their passion and talent to the growing world of hashtag The Last of Us. Gary, what are your hype levels for The Last of Us? For the, for the remake? For the remake, yes. I was thinking about this when I when I when I saw the news um, that it went gold yesterday afternoon. I knew that we would be talking about it today, and I so I, I thought about it a little bit. For me personally, the excitement is not super high for a couple of reasons, and I think that one of the but that's again I th I think it's I to, to answer the question because a lot of people are asking this question like is is the Last of Us the answer to a question that no one asked. Right. Like, that's the thing is like, you know, why, why do this and why do this now? You know, this this costs millions of dollars and a team of probably hundreds of people working for years. Why why do this when you could do like any number of other things? Like why why remake The Last of Us? Like, can you what's the answer to that question? How do you justify the existence of this project? And I think that it does. I, I think that for, for the most part, 
Yeah, absolutely. Why not? There's a couple of reasons. I think the TV show coming out is gonna is gonna bring a lot of people into this world. They're gonna be excited about. Oh, hopefully, because you know, we hope it will be. Oh, that show was really cool. Oh, it's based on a game. Maybe I should go check that out. Well, now the game that you can go check out is gonna be like you know the the, the fully up to date version, and you'll be able to like really get into it, and it won't feel dated. Like you know, again, even with the PS4 remaster, you know, compared to if Last of Us Two is now what we're comparing it to, it still looks dated. But I've, and I've seen some of the comparisons, and yeah, they really, I mean, they really did improve this, you know, immeasurably in some way. So I think that, again, here's the weird thing. Much like Saints Row, I think that this Last of Us Part 1 remaster, remake, I guess it's a full remake more, more than a remaster, it's it's going to be more popular and I think have more validity and more appeal for people who have less familiarity with The Last of Us and people who are coming in for the first time than people who are, like, really, really familiar with it. Like for me personally, and again, this is what we, we've been talking a lot recently about, like, what is the statute of limitations on remakes? Like how old does a game have to get before it starts to feel valid? Oh, yeah, let's go back and revisit that with a remake. And Last of Us, I kind of feel like it's not that old, right? It's less than no, 10 years old. Not at all. So for it, for, and, we've had a re, and we've had at least one remaster plus a sequel plus all these spinoffs. Well, not too many, one spinoff. But the, 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 the point being, like, is the nostalgia, like you have to miss something right for there to be nostalgia for, the, for you to want to go back to it and like have we have we as gamers that people that played the first one and maybe played the remake as well have we uh, uh, oh sorry the uh, the ps4 remaster have we had enough of a chance to kind of get nostalgic about last of us part one that going back is going to feel like oh yeah all those classic moments are coming back but better than ever i kind of think not i i really do think this is aimed more at, at, at new players who are going to be coming in off of the tv show that maybe are coming in, or maybe they played Last of Us Part Two. Maybe they just played it first, and they're like, "Oh, I should go back and play the first game and see what this is all about." This is this is then the better option. And I think for people that want to play like the Last of Us Epic, right? Let's play. You want to play one and two together to play them back to back for like the full Epic experience. This is now this is now a much more valid yeah. way to do that because it's they brought be the, the graphics up to Last of Us Part Two standards. So the two games actually feel like of a, they can feel like of a piece, right? Like you could literally, they could literally do a Last of Us. They might very well do this, right? Imagine a Last of Us epic re release that actually has both games kind of fused oh, I, into one. I guarantee you there is going to be a Last, Last of Us Part 1 plus Part 2 director's cut situation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that'll yeah. come in 2023 or 2024, right? I mean, honestly, they could time it with Last of Us Factions. Uh, that they're going to talk more about yes. next year, right? I think yeah. bundling all that into one thing is going to be such a strong approach to do it. So I think I, I think that I think for people that want it, that are coming to coming to this for the first time, and I, again off the back of the TV show, I think there will be a lot of. And again, just they're going to hype this thing to hell. You know, people are aware. Oh, The Last of Us. Yeah, I heard that was a great game, but I never played it. Oh, there's like a version now that's like like all up to date. Sure, I'll give that a try. So I think I I think it's like, yes. Does it answer the question of justifying its own existence? I think absolutely yes. I just think more for new players than for people that played the original one. Because again, it's not that old. Yeah, you know, uh, ask, like to, to answer the question of, you know, am I excited for it, right? Like I'm less excited for it and more looking forward to it. I'm gonna play it and I'm gonna have a great time with it. And, you know, I'm I'm glad they're doing it. I, I would have preferred they remake something else. You know, I don't think Last of Us is a game that necessarily needs a remake. We've talked about this for like the, the, the last year. But the fact of the matter is, you know, if you're taking the first Last of Us and making it look on par with Last of Us, uh, part two, and you're, you know, implementing the power of the SSD, the ray tracing that's available, all that stuff that we have through the PS5. Yeah, no, that's going to be a great remake, right? That's going to be, be a great remodel of the game. But my anticipation for this is as it is like the same of it, it's the same as my anticipation for if my landlord came to me and was like, "Hey, we're going to repaint the walls on Tuesday." I'd be like, "All right, cool." 
<laughs> like my apartment's gonna look better, but it's not life changing to me, right? Like, okay, cool, I'm down for it. Unless my unless my walls looked ugly as hell, then maybe I'd be excited for it. But like, you know, it, this this is kind of just business as usual, right? Them looking looking toward the future, understanding yeah. that Last of Us is an IP that they should have iterations of and probably want to continue to update, and then also the TV show bringing in a whole new audience to the IP. Yeah, let's remake the first game that way for the people that watch the TV show on this big platform that might see it for the first time and want to get involved with the thing that inspired it. Cool, we have this easy access to Last of Us Part One to play it in a way that feels modern and new. I mean, I mean, listen, Last of Us is clearly one of Sony's like highest tier crown jewels, right? It's you know, there's Uncharted, there's God of War, there's Last of Us, there's Spider Man. Like, it's it's one of their it's it's one of their like S tier franchises so they will always you know try to you know squeeze as much money out of it as they can and also kind of feel like they're doing doing right by it. and so i think again I, I think this remix makes a lot of sense we haven't even touched on again i think it will be really interesting when it comes out because they've talked a lot about also updating the mechanics right like some of the gameplay this is something that actually oftentimes gameplay mechanics age even worse than graphics right because we learn oh, so yeah. much about these about what works and what doesn't and again, I haven't gone back and played the original one, but people have told me and I've, and I've read that if you play Last of Us Part Two and get used to kind of the way it handles kind of gunplay and combat and traversal and stuff, and then go back and play part one, you're like, oh yeah, this feels way more primitive. Like they clearly learned a lot between one and two. If they are also bringing those mechanics up to Last of Us Part Two levels and kind of retroactively applying everything they've learned again I, I i have no problem with it at all i know some people have been oh why why do this like i, I think there's a plenty of reasons to do it it's just I, again i think that people that played that played the first game to death might might weirdly be the, the the people that are least likely to want to go back and do it all again Gary, I want to hop into story number three, but before we do, I want to let people out there know about patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can go and get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Me Undies. Are people still trying to make plans with you this summer? As if you aren't booked and busy already. But thankfully, Me Undies wants to help make this summer the most comfortable one you will never forget. Because when you're living your best life, the last thing you want to worry about is butt sweat. And I know that from experience. But you know what? Me Undies has always been there to help me. I'm always wearing my Me Undies shirts, my lounge pants, my lounge shorts, my Undies themselves, the socks. I'm a Me Undies fanboy. Wouldn't have it any other way. I just absolutely love the socks soft micro modal fabric find your ultimate summer comfort in sizes extra small all the way up to 4xl me undies has a great offer for all of you out there for any first time purchasers you can get 15 percent off for a limited time if you sign up for the free to join me undies membership you get 25 percent off your first membership item to get 50 percent off your order 25 percent off your first membership item and a hundred percent satisfaction guarantee go to me undies.com slash kind of funny that's me undies.com slash kinda funny shout out to express vpn for sponsoring this episode when you use the bathroom you always close the door behind you right well you don't want random passerbyers looking in on you so why would you let people look in on you when you go online your internet service provider knows every single website you visit expressvpn puts a stop to this it creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so that your online activity can't be seen by anyone i use expressvpn on all my devices whether it's my phone my desktop uh all everything anytime i'm using the internet just because i am trying to stay as safe as possible the best part is using expressvpn is as easy as closing the bathroom door you just fire up the app 
You click one button and you're protected. It is so easy. It's the biggest button in the world. One click, you're done. So if you're like me and believe your online activity is your business, secure yourself today by visiting expressvpn.com slash kindoffunny. You can use our link, expressvpn.com slash kindoffunny, and you can get an extra three months free. That's expressvpn.com slash kindoffunny. Shout out to Athletic Greens for sponsoring this episode. I started taking AG1 because I'm not a big pill guy. I don't want to spend a lot of time on extra things, but I wanted to make sure that I was taking care of my health. Now, I've been using it the last couple months, and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has a fun tropical taste that I actually look forward to in the morning. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery focused and aging. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash kind of funny. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash kind of funny to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance athleticgreens.com slash kind of funny story number three gary we got a power wash simulator review roundup for you uh right now we don't have a metacritic and open critic uh roundup because there's not enough reviews out there for power wash simulator but i do have a couple of reviews to pull for, uh, for you i want to start off with jade king at the gamer who gave it four out of five stars and says power wash simulator is a darling escape into a profession i never knew i had any passion for i'm not saying i'm about to quit writing and start going to town on my nan's fi- filthy patio but there's something about living a, a distant occupation through the media of video games that pulls you in and refuses to let go. Life is stressful right now, so having a place to set my uh, my worries aside and clean up virtual arenas while also giving my own mind a good cleanse is more than welcome, and Future Lab has more than delivered on that grounded fantasy here. And I'm going to hop into Ed Thorne's review at Rock Paper Shotgun, who gave it an unscored review but writes this. Despite all my gushing, the game won't be for everyone. You might not take you might not take to what's in, in the grand scheme of things a quiet, mundane job. No matter how satisfying power washing, uh, no matter how satisfying power washing on the surface might be, jobs can drag on a bit longer than you'd like, uh, as you quite literally miss a bit. Then you have to consult your list, find it, and look for whatever furnishing flashes br- briefly to draw your attention. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's really hard to see what's unclean about something that you might think is sparkly white, but the game's progress bar has deemed otherwise. Wildly spraying down uh, something that looks immaculate does make you lose a bit of faith in the simulation, even if it's a lighthearted one. But but issues with the game are small in comparison with the true satisfaction and serene spaces it provides. While not not everyone will get on on with its brand of manual labor, it's a simulation, sorry, it's a simulator for the everyman. Gary, I know, or I think you've been looking forward to Power Wash Simulator, is that correct? Well, I mean, I was going to say I I, I I totally concur with those reviews, and I, I think they're they're largely on the money because um you know I I don't know how many well I'll tell you right now let's see how many hours I have in Power Wash Simulator I've, I've oh, been playing shit. it since it first hit um early access it's one of my one of my favorite games I have uh twenty nine hours oh in Power God. Wash Simulator which is really not that I actually thought it would be more but I played it a lot on stream. Um, I've been playing it ever since it was in uh, early access and they recently added the multiplayer. I think it's finally going 1.0 um, this week and it's yes. hit, hitting the consoles. And this is why the reviews are now dropping, but it's been in early access for a while. 
um, and they've been adding content, various different content drops. And it is like, again, to just uh, echo those reviews, it is a ton of fun. I think, you know, now more than ever, there is a need for games where you can just kind of like chill out and relax and zone out, listen to a podcast and just, you know, there's no time limit. There's no time pressure. There's no real kind of competitive aspects. You can just kind of relax. You know, it's just, a, it, it, there, there is something often very relaxing in the mundanity of a chore, right? Which you know you can complete if you just put enough time in. And there, you know, I don't know if you've ever used, have you ever used a power washer in real life, Blessing? It's very I've satisfying. I've not said It's that. very satisfying stripping all the filth off of something and seeing all the clean surface underneath. And the game actually like mimics that really, really well. Um, and it's particularly fun in multiplayer. And I do agree with that one criticism that some of the later levels, it's like, oh my God, how long is this going to take? Like, it's going to take hours to clean off. Like, there's a whole underground subway station that takes a really long time to do. I think those, I think some of those later levels are really designed more for groups where you can do it more quickly if, like, you know, you break into different sections and divide up the work. But yeah, some, some of the later levels can be frustrating where there's like one tiny little grime, piece of grime somewhere on the underside of a banister that you've got to like manually go find before the game deems it to be 100% complete. And those moments can be frustrating. But for the most part, I honestly can't recommend Power Wash Simulator. Um, wow. People have laughed. Oh, what, pre like, it's pressure washing? Like, it's a, it seems like a silly idea for a game. But it's actually absolute genius. And it's, and it's very, very calming and very relaxing. And sometimes that's what you want, right? You don't always want, you know, like sweaty, you know, Elden Ring boss battles or, you know, hyper competitive battle royale. Like, sometimes you just want to chill with a game and this and this game really really delivers that experience like just sit back no pressure well i mean obviously there is pressure um but not the kind that's going to stress you out um <laughs> that was good that was really good yeah that was really good no it's fun it's a, it's a ton of fun and i honestly can't recommend power simulator enough I mean, people always think it, we're joking about it but no it's genuinely super fun game yeah no i mean i think these games whenever i read through out today or just read through a list of games that are, that are coming out right i'm always fascinated by the simulators that that pop up and i remember like back back in the day i guess when simulators first started becoming more and more popular like when they started becoming extremely popular i want to say like farming simulators were the ones in the truck driving simulators were the ones that first started to come to extreme prominence and i remember being so confused i was like who's out here just wanting to realistically farm who's out here wanting to just drive a, a truck and then as time passed, no, there's a massive started, market for it yeah that's what i learned is that like no a lot of, the answer is a lot of people like a lot of people want to just do a lot of mundane tasks because i think so much of it is just rooted in escapism and doing something yeah. that you usually wouldn't do like i would never drive a truck what if, I want, what if i want to drive no a truck? i'm telling you and even and even like you know people that you think of as like hardcore gamers that wouldn't usually touch a game like this like really enjoy it. i there was a i remember wario 64 tweeted something about power wash simulator being on, on on a steam sale recently and you mentioned that it was compatible with the steam deck and there was something about there's something about the tone of his email that i thought maybe he was like kind of like making us like a sly dig mm -hmm. at power wash simulator i was like i hope you and i replied to him and said i hope you're not like you know poking fun at power wash simulator because that game's actually fucking legit and he tweeted back no, no no i'm really into it and he showed me a picture of like his screen page where he had like steam page where he had like 50 hours in i'm telling you people oh, yeah. love power wash simulator what is it's it it's a ton I of fun You've played like lawn mowing simulators and you play quite a few other sims, correct? I played the, the lawn mowing one didn't quite do it for me, but I, I house flipper is another one, you know, where you can just kind of just chill and it's fun just to decorate and hang wallpaper and put trash into bags. There is just something very, especially if you, if you have a certain kind of OCD personality like me, like I don't like clutter. Like I have, like I, my desk has to be like nice and neat and squared away. And I don't like clutter on my desktop. I like things to be kind of orderly and neat and tidy. So any kind of game that lets you go in and like clean the dirt off of something or like 
pick up trash. Like I know, again, it sounds ridiculous, right? Like who knew that in 2022, we'd be excited about games where you pick up trash, but it, it scratches an itch that a lot of us have where we want order. We want to clean things. We want to feel like we want a sense of accomplishment, you know, and these games deliver that. There's a, there's a, there's a particular kind of endorphin hit that these games give you that other games don't. Mm. I mean, would you say power wash is high on that hierarchy then of the simulators? Oh, that it's you absolutely. Yeah. To me, it's the, it's, it's the, it's the grandmaster of those games. Wow. Hell yeah. Story number four, Square Enix says Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is PS5 exclusive because of the SSD speed. This is Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. Square Enix has claimed Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is exclusive to PS5 and skipping PS4, partly because of of its desire to exploit the new-gen console's SSD. The first trailer for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth was shown last month, revealing that the game will uh, will be part two of a planned trilogy. Unlike its predecessor, Final Fantasy VII Remake, which was released for PS4 in 2020 before making its way to PS5 and PC the following year, the second part of the story won't be available for Sony's last-gen console at all. During an interview with Japanese publication Gamer, Rebirth Rebirth producer Kitase claimed there were several factors involved in the decision not to release the game for PS4. Quote, it's exclusive to PS5 because of the graphical quality, of course, as well as SSD access speed, he said. Quote, since the adventure unfolds in a vast world after the escape from Midgar, loading stress is an extreme bottleneck. We felt we needed uh, we needed the specifications of PS5 to overcome that and travel the world comfortably, end quote. Xbox Series X and S also use SSD storage, but Final Fantasy VII Remake is yet to release for Microsoft's console, likely due to an ex- exclusivity deal. Kitase also claimed that the game was, quote, proceeding at an, at an astonishingly fast pace for such a large-scale HD title, end quote. He added, quote, making the middle part of a trilogy has its own challenges, but there are plenty of classic second installments in the world of film that are that are defined by stunning story twists and deeper explorations of their characters. Often, these second installments become a favorite amongst the fans, end quote. Gary, you're a Final Fantasy VII person. You know, I've never been a Final Fantasy person, but, that's, but that remake did really interest me. And I keep meaning to, I say this You're not, not going around to it yet. No, the, I, well, I got. I, I was waiting for that PS5. What was it like, Integrade or whatever they call yeah, it? Integrade yeah, yeah. the the, integrate. the PS5 um, little glow up that they gave it, and uh, it's been it's been sitting on my on my drive for on my on my uh, PlayStation Five for a while now. And I think what it is is like again, I'll 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 not I'll play my way through so many like little games, like something I can knock out in like a few hours. But anything that's like oh, you know, the epic, you know, sixty hour experience, I just think oh man, like it just feels like such a big commitment, and it, like. They keep putting me off. I do want to do it though, because I feel like I'm just so familiar with. Like, I've seen so much of that game, and I'm like, even though I've never played the game, like I I know who Tifa is, I know who Aerith is, I know who Cloud is, I know all these characters. Oh, yeah. I see them everywhere all the time, but I've never actually seen them like in context playing the game. So I feel like I just need to knuckle down um, and do it. But uh, I mean, it looks beautiful, especially on PS5. I do I do want to get to it. Maybe it'll be the next thing I play. I'm right at the ax- at the point now where like the door is opening for like what's going to be the next game that I really get my teeth into. Maybe it's that. It's wild how you mentioned, right? You know, you know who Tifa is, you know, who Aerith is, you know, like a lot, a lot of the bits of Final Fantasy seven, seven. And I, you know, I, I was always the same way growing up. I could, I could tell you about the spoilers that happened in Final Fantasy seven. I could tell, I could, I could uh, sing the tune of Sephiroth's theme, right? Like Final Fantasy seven is one of those, it's it's on that echelon of pieces of media that transcend even if you've not played this thing you know the story of it you know it's kind of like star wars or lord of the rings right like that level of i don't know i don't know what this is but i know the big spoiler you know it's crazy it's crazy how like 
widespread i guess final fantasy 7 is in in that in in that essence i mean it's the, the, it's the most famous of all the final, final fantasy, fantasy games wouldn't you say oh 100 yeah i mean that's why that's why it's spun off into its own franchise practically and we're getting what a final fantasy 7 uh release a year at this point well right? then, i mean that With, that's um, the other thing that puts me off a little bit is it not only like how long do you think it did, so this new the new final fantasy 7 that, that came out a while ago and got that ps5 upgrade mm -hmm. how long do you think it takes you to takes to play through that entire story campaign uh i mean if you're including the dlc probably like 40 to 45 hours just so that's so that, like that that's that's the, that's a good yeah that you know it's probably at least a couple of weeks of, of gaming maybe more given like how many time hours of gaming i can i can uh, spend in a in a given week or an evening or whatever and then it's not even the entire game right like it's just the first chunk of the original final fantasy 7 right oh, yeah. oh, how, yeah. do, do, how, do we know yet like how many of these remakes Three. It's gonna take to it's three, right? To do the it's entire game. It's a trilogy, and there are oh spin-offs. Like Crisis Core is coming out this winter, quote unquote. And right. that's gonna be an entirely that's part of the Final Fantasy VII story, but it's not part of the main trilogy. When right? I, okay, it's like so how Rogue One is the Star Wars. All right, so so answer this question for me without hopefully giving me any spoilers. Mm -hmm. Given that Final Fantasy VII remake isn't the entire game from back in the day, but just that first chunk of it, like the first act or whatever. When I play through it and get to the end and I've devoted uh, 45, 50 hours into it, am I going to feel like I had a complete meal? Like, is it going to feel oh, like yeah. there's some resolution or is it going to be like, oh God, now I've got to wait for the next chapter to see what happens next? <laughs> resolution is a whole other thing. But yes, it 100% it, it is a full game. It has an ending. In fact, I would say that the ending is satisfying and gets you excited for the next one. Like they're treating, they're turning one uh, one Final Fantasy game from the, from the 90s into this, big trilogy and i would almost say that final fantasy 7 the original is more like it's more like an adaptation right like this feels this, this feels as if they're taking that and turning it into a whole bigger thing with more details more exploration expanded characters right. all this stuff it final fantasy 7 remake for sure feels like a full game you're not going to feel cheated out of your 60 dollars i think i, think I finally got to bite the bullet and, and do it it's, oh, it yeah, feels like do. too it, it's too big again final fantasy in general but also particularly this one just feels it's too big a chunk of like gaming culture for me to have like no real perspective on it at all because like, i've never i've never really played a final fantasy game it's just something that completely um missed me um but it's like i, I felt the same way like, the, like i never played a yakuza game for the longest time but then i played one i was like oh my god like where have these games been all my life i think you like you know? final fantasy 7 you know okay. the, i think the characters in final fantasy 7 remake especially are so well explored and so well expressed i think the performances are so i good. mean the graphics are incredible right in the graphics are incredible there's always one scene that that i replay in my mind from that game where like things are going to shit and there's no spoilers and there's one character named uh barrett right not barrett courtney but barrett from final fantasy 7 who like the way he emotes because he's he cares about somebody and like you see it in his face and he's like fucking like he's like i need to find this person that shit oh i replay that shit all the time in my head because i for me that was one of the moments of the year uh like i connected to that to that to that so hard and i think final fantasy 7 has a lot of moments of like magic like that where you're like oh man this is incredible i can't believe they're they're taking it here emotionally with the story and in, in, in the characters I now did you like say it. now did you say it's coming to xbox no so final fantasy 7 remake and rebirth aren't coming to xbox at least as of now it's not they're not announced okay. for xbox crisis core is which again is the spinoff it's kind of right. a weird situation um but at this at this moment no they're not coming to xbox okay. and rebirth is only going to be ps5 assumedly because the ssd and they're taking advantage of the technology of new gen consoles which 
I think sounds cool. I'm very, I'm very much down for rebirth. Seems like it's going to be more open because you're not we're not past the beginning hours of Final Fantasy VII, the original, and so you're stepping into Midgar, the open world. And so them talking about how they're taking advantage of the technology to make that work for me is exciting, and I, I can't wait for it. And I can't wait to see how better this game looks than even Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, I'm very hyped for this. I mean, I was literally you know, going back to what we were saying earlier about how, you know, the, the back half of the year might be a little bit quiet for me in terms of like those big AAA experiences. Like, again, I'll play the indies and you know, but every now and again, oh, what, what's like the next big, you know, thing for me to really get my teeth into? And I, I mentioned I may have to kind of go to the backlog. Like, maybe this is the game to dust off to have to feel like you're having that, like, you've got a AAA experience. Oh, yeah, dude. Get to it. Definitely add it to the list. I, okay. I, it's one, the, the fact that you like Persona, you like Yakuza, I think Final Fantasy VII Remake is a shoe in for, for you mm -hmm. to enjoy. For now, though, let's round out the Ropa Report. Story number five, Supermassive has been acquired by Nordisk Games. This is Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. Supermassive Games, the developer behind Until Dawn, The Dark Pictures Anthology, and The Quarry, has been acquired by Nordisk Games. Part of the larger Nordisk film brand, the Denmark-based entertainment company owns a handful of other game developers, including Avalanche Studios, the creator of Just Cause. As reported by GamesIndustry.biz, Nordisk Games acquired a 30.7% uh, in Supermassive in March last year, but announced in a blog post uh, that, that it now wholly owns the studio. Quote, having had such a positive experience over the past year, it wasn't a difficult decision when Nordisk Games wanted to explore increasing their investment, said Supermassive CEO Pete Samuels. Quote, we have an exciting and ambitious growth strategy for Supermassive Games, and Nordisk Games' ownership only enhances that, uh, end quote. The acquisition shouldn't negatively impact the development of Supermassive's games with the, a new Dark Pictures game, The Devil in Me, the only one we know to be in development. And Nordisk also made it clear it wants the studio to continue its story-focused style of games. Gary, did, did you get to play The Quarry? Oh, yeah. In fact, I would say that um, off the back of playing The Quarry over the past couple of weeks, my wife and I, we played it on the couch. We, we, we tried out that couch co-op mode. And it's actually quite clever. You can have up to, I think, like eight, eight, like eight people. And you basically, you know, you assign which characters you want to play, right? So like player one will be Abby or whatever. Player two will be Jacob, you know. As, and, and as the character um, chapters come up, like you pass the controller to the relevant person. And we, you know, we broke it. because it's, it's eight main characters in the game, right? And it's like half boys, half girls. And so Leah played all the female characters and I played all the male characters. And we had the controllers going back and forth. Over the course of again, we don't we don't get to play for more like an hour or two a night. So it took us the better part of like two weeks, I think, to play through everything. But I had a ton of fun with it. And Supermassive off the back of the quarry, I think, has become one of my um favorite developers. Like they're so good at what they there's a very, very specific thing that they do, right? These kind of you know, narrative story boat story focused, you know, high production value horror games, but they're so good at it, right? Like the facial capture is amazing. Graphically, the polish, these games are so beautifully polished. I think they're relatively well directed, well written, you know, better than most video games, at least. They really do capture that kind of classic um, horror movie feel. They're, you know, for the most part, fun to play. I think it's debatable, like, how much game there really is there, you know? Like, there's a lot of, you know, you can play the quarry for a long time without ever having, having to really do much of anything. But when, but like, but you never feel like you can put the controller down, right? Because you never know when the game might suddenly say, oh, you, you better do something quick, you know? So you're always, like, kind of leaning in and engaged. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. I was really, really impressed with all of the kind of production values of it um, across the board as a piece of kind of like interactive cinematic storytelling. Again, not very gamey, yeah. but I don't really care about that. All I really care about is like, did I have a good time playing it? And Leah and I, like Leah in particular, she was like every every day, she was like, oh, we're we gonna play the quarry again tonight. I really wanna see what happens next. And so it totally got its teeth into us. We enjoyed it a lot. It's really made me 
want to now go play the dark pictures games that i've kind of slept on oh yeah like we've got house of ashes installed we might oh yeah next. and maybe even go all the way back to um i'm gonna see if Leah might be interested in looking at it until dawn because i still have that on playstation 4 um somewhere in my library we just need to reinstall it so yeah really really big fan of supermassive great team out of the uk and i'm really looking forward i'm hoping that this acquisition means that they'll go on you know to be able to do even bigger and better things yeah and i think that's gonna be the case you know the statements that both nordisk and then also supermassive put out seems like they have a really good understanding of what each other wants right especially supermassive as a studio continuing to make these types of games and another thing they noted um in uh one of the quotes was that hey this allows us security Right. This allows us to continue to do what we do and not have to worry about putting out a game that's a dud and then end up not being able to make games anymore. Because right. We're not making enough money. The fact that they're now owned by Nordisk, I think, puts them in that comfortable place. And yeah, like Gary, I'm right there with you. Right. Supermassive. The more games they put out, the more the more I love them. And the quarry, I think, really cemented that for me, where the house of or um, the dark pictures anthology really took a while to kind of get its footing in and actually start to put out uh, good games. And for me, House of Ashes was the first one that really hit. Like I thought Man of Madon was like very mid and I also thought Little Hope was like, eh, it was fine, it wasn't that great. Uh, House of Ashes I think is legitimately good. And then the quarry I think is back to being, oh, this is this is the great. This is we're back in that great stage that I want from the the, um, un, the, the developer of Until Dawn. Um, and you know, talking about gameplay, right? Like. You know, choose your own adventure, I think, does that is gameplay of itself. Being able to choose, figure out what direction you want to go. Do, do mm -hmm. even I know quick time events get dogged on all the time. And I kind of get that for action games like God of War or whatever. But in a game like this where it is horror, anybody can die. Yeah. Like, you want to be on the edge of your seat and you want to be like on edge the, the whole yeah. time. I think it I think it works. Listen, super I mean well. it's it really the quarry is barely a game in the traditional sense, right? Mm -hmm. But 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 also I would also say I don't care. Right, like, or like, it's a hybrid form of entertainment. All I care about is, is as I sit in front of the TV with a controller in my hand, like on a Friday night for three hours, am I having a good time? And like, no, at no point during, I don't know what it was, the 10, 12 hours it took us to play the quarry, were we not having a good time? It's a blast. 100%. I was just having this conversation with Janet, I want to say last week. Uh, and I was telling her, I think like the choose your own adventure story narrative games might be one of my favorite genres. At oh, point. I love them. You know, between the quarry, between dark pictures, between, you know, even I remember Detroit Become Human back in the I day. I love Detroit because I know it got a lot of shit, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, like, Quantic Dream games tend to get a lot of shit. And I, I understandably so, because I think a lot of the time the stories can be dog shit at times. Mm -hmm. But I came out of D D Detroit being like, yo, I love the gameplay of Detroit and, like, the visuals and all that stuff. But, like, the the way that the butterfly effect really does span out and you can really decide a lot of the fates of the characters and the stories yeah and how the goes, that is an art of uh of like of itself and it's tough to get down it's, it's tough to do well a lot of the time and i think fewer developers do it well and i think the supermassive is one of the developers that do 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 it well and then you have others right i played i remember i recommended to you i forget the name the name of the game but it was one of the whales interactive games fmv where oh, it's like a yeah. battle royale and oh a god no shit. i played the, i i, and I, you I hated still it. <laughs> i still have a bone to pick because it was awful but like that's how much i enjoy that kind of game where was it called like blood beach awful, or what was it what was it called ooh. it was terrible Blood. Yeah, like it was things? so bad. Gary it was like it was it. like one of those sci-fi so channel original like movies. Is someone in the chat? Is that it? Yeah, I think blood. Uh, I don't no, know. No, it was called like Bloodshore or something like that. Bloodshore. It was Bloodshore. Bloodshore. Me, Kevin, bad. and Mike it had was a blast. So bad. See, the difference is when you play something bad. like The Quarry, it's actually directed by someone who knows how to direct, and it's written and acted by people who know how to do those yeah, things. Really hurtful. Whereas Bloodshore was not. 
We don't know. Bloodshore yeah. was maybe definitely that, on another level. Vision, you know? maybe that was but I think that's just the the fun of those games. Sometimes those games are very fun, even when the story is bad. And sometimes oh, even for because sure. the story but, is bad. But I think they're better when those when those elements are done with some degree of competency. The only thing I want to say about the quarry, just my own personal experience with it, is Leah actually wants to go back and redo some stuff because you know. So hundred, I read up yesterday, one hundred sixty-eight different possible endings, right? In terms of the combinations of who lives and who dies, mm -hmm. we got like of all one hundred sixty-eight possible endings, we got what I am certain I would put as like my one hundred sixty-eighth least favorable ending that we could have got. <laughs> no, because like, you know how like early in the game you start to develop, like you like you, you immediately part of the fun of the game, right? Especially you were sitting around with other people is like, I don't like him, I like her. You know, like you instantly kind of get like a vibe on the different characters and different people like different like or dislike different characters. I decided fairly early on who I liked and who I wanted to survive and who I didn't like and wouldn't care if they died. By the time it was over, the only two people that survived were the people that I liked by far the least. And the mm. two people that I wanted to survive the most had the absolute worst deaths. And it was That's like, worse. oh, my God, like you, you do kind of want to go back and replay it and get a better ending. It's such a gut punch when somebody you like your favorite character dies halfway. Oh, especially like, when it's because oh, you screwed man. up. Like in my in my yep. case, I killed Caitlyn. Caitlyn was my favorite character because she oh, was the only one that was in any way fucking competent. And I got her killed because like when I had to use the shotgun, I panicked and was like wiggling the wrong thumbstick and I didn't shoot in time. And she got horribly, horribly eaten by this monster. And I felt I felt I was honestly like I I I was like I wanted to apologize to the character. I felt bad God that damn. I got her killed. So you can tweet at Brenda Song, let her know, like, hey, my bad. Yeah, yeah, I'll let her my know. Uh, Gary, I can't wait to see when the nukes, when, uh, what, I can't, I can't even think where I, where I want to transition. I can't when wait the for the next drop. super massive game. <laughs> I want to see when the nukes drop. I can't wait for the next super massive game, the devil in, in me. But the release of that is just so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom Grab Shops today, where would I look? Uh, the official list of upcoming software on each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, we got Garden Story for Xbox Series X and Xbox One. Time on Frog Island for PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Apex Legends Mobile Season 2 Distortion for Mobile. Croot. Uh, the Mythic Wings for PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Fist Forged in Shadow Torch for Switch. Long Live the Queen for PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. And then Excel for P PC. That is X-E-L, not XL. Uh, X-E-L for PC. New days for you. Excel is coming to Switch on July 14th in a couple of days. The Deal Field Chronicles is coming to PS4, PS5, Switch, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, and Steam in the US on September 22nd. And then Pusheen and Super Pusheen Corn skins are coming to Fall Guys this week for 800 show bucks each. So if you're a big Pusheen fan, hell yeah, get hyped for that. What is Pusheen? Pusheen is like another Hello Kitty. Okay. It's like one of those brands that, that people really love. Uh, deal of the day for you. Amazon Prime members can now claim over 30 free games until July 13th, including Mass Effect Legendary Edition, Grid Legends, Need for Speed Heat, Star Wars Jedi Academy, Star Wars Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast, and Star Wars Republic Commando. Some good games on that list for free games. Yeah, no, get, get on that. And that's today and tomorrow that you, that, that you can do Is that, that part well. of Prime Day? Because I, feel, I, I remember looking at the list going, wow, those are like better games than you, you would usually expect to get for free on Prime. But it's also Prime Day when you get all the big discounts. So I wonder if it's part of that. Oh, yeah. It 100% it okay. is part of Prime okay. Day. Yeah. That's been like, we've been doing the activation for it because uh, I think we're sponsored for that. And so we've been shouting that out every day. So as a reminder, go get you some free games. Freeloading. Uh, now it's time 
for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong, so you can correct it. For, so you, you, we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash games and later listening on podcast services around the globe. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll take that. Kebab says, breaking news, the delicious last course has already sold a million copies. So there you go. I don't know if that would have made. Wait, sorry, what sold a million copies? Uh, Cuphead, the the DLC. Oh wow, good for them. Yeah. Uh, now it's time for me to let you know about tomorrow's hosts. Uh, tomorrow you're getting me and Janet on Kind of Funny Games Daily. If you watch this live on Twitch, after this is a sponsored Amazon stream featuring Andy playing some Mass Effect. If you want to catch that stream later, you can subscribe to YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny Plays. Remember this. It's been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily.